podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, listeners, this is the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Hey! Guys, we got a point. Why do you you say yes like that? Is it in case there's some doubt as the people have downloaded it? Just just to, well, we do have the old music back. So just to kind of... We know that as we got a point. Well, there you go. If we got it back earlier, we'd we'd be safe from relegation. Well, we can't change the past, unfortunately. But the the old music is here and the gang are here as well. The the original, the Fab Four. (laughs) You guys don't know I said that. Uh, Kevin Day. Hello. James Endicott. Hello. Andy Street. Hello. Uh, and uh, we are, of course, still sponsored by uh, our lovely sponsors, Vector Printing. For your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. And that's Vector with a... K. K. Correct. And they have got brand new, exclusive, sexy... I don't know why I said that. FYP t-shirts for sale, which if you go to our website, you can uh, check those out, which is fypfanzine.uk. And or you can buy... There's, there's a big bundle of them under my table, which JD just threw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, those are, our, those are our ones for you guys to wear and tweet yourselves in so that our lovely followers can see how nice the T-shirts look. Don't advertise yeah. that too wide. You have trading standards on your back in yeah, no time. I, I think there's one thing that me and James Endicott are known for is taking photographs of ourselves <laughs> and tweeting yeah. them to people. We I mean, do that quite a lot. It's our trademark well, thing, isn't it? It's Especially 2016. With small yeah. T-shirts on. Yeah. It's 2016, lads, so why not get into the new year? Uh, you can buy those T-shirts anyway um, from tshirtmonster.com slash FYP. Uh, we're also sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Very good. Oh, well done. <laughs> it's also been noticed that JC-is uh, have failed to give us anything for nothing. <laughs> they will. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of something from nothing, Ooh. Palace Ooh. got their first point um, of 2016. The first team, uh, or the, sorry, the last team of any English uh, league team to get a point in 2016. One of the most meaningless stats ever. It's not really, is it? It's 92 clubs. It means <laughs> yeah, 91 clubs have got a point in, or more in, in before about, you. That's about, pretty bad. In about four games. It's the sort of stat that Gary Lineker got told in his ear just before match of the day started and couldn't wait to share it and everyone shared it. It's totally meaningless. I was going to say pointless. What, if 91 <laughs> clubs are better than years? If it was in March, you'd go, yeah, that's a, that's not good. But it's in just the if it had been March, I would have given some credence to what It's also the first point since we last played Swansea yeah well it there is exactly yeah so can we play them every week yeah. is what I want to say it's the first time Scott Dan scored an equaliser after Sigurdsson scored a free kick in the first half <laughs> you know. yeah brilliant that's a good stat as well no one's sharing that one around and while we're on stats then it also the, before that the, 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 the five game losing run made Pardew the first manager to have a five game losing streak with three different Premier League teams interesting. well that sounds more like a stat for last week than this week to be honest well I'm sorry that's not that's not a good enough stat the sample size isn't big enough well, of course it's not well, I mean we've got extended backwards from 1992 otherwise it's too restrictive and no. what does it mean anyway yeah. I wonder if um, Alan Pardew saw Paul Clement being sacked from Derby after losing six games and went oh <laughs> <laughs> okay well look chaps can I offer you this then off the back of Palace's uh, dogged performance I think mm. it's fair to say um, have have Palace turned a corner or too started early. to turn a corner? So I, I have to Far say, too early to say. I was more delighted with that point than I thought. I knew we were losing at half time, and then I was busy, so I didn't know what had happened till five o'clock. And I couldn't have been more pleased. I was celebrated like as though we'd won. I thought that was really important, and also quite. It felt in a strange sort of way like a. It's like a logjam being removed, and clearly. The, the way Pardew was afterwards and the way the players were afterwards, clearly something happened at half-time that was very significant and 
clearly the way Pardew was talking, the way some of the players were talking, they had words were spoken. And it, it, what basically what happened was it was a Pulis Palace in the second half. Mm. By the sound of things, it was a, it was through circumstances and players being missing it. it we went back four four two. We went back to doing what we had to do. We went back to being Palace. Yeah, we went back to what we had to do two seasons running to stay up. And if we have to do that for a couple of games, I don't think that's a problem. And I think we've talked about it on the pod, saying that perhaps we should pull in the, you know, pull up the drawbridge a little bit and be a little bit, a little less expansive and do what it takes to get a point. And you know, and Jedinak and Kabai seem to work well together, and four four two seem to work well together. And, and it, it looked like, I mean, you were there, but I mean, looking at extended highlights, it looked like it was the old palace everyone was working well together positionally they knew what they were doing they were throwing themselves in front of the ball there's a lot of blocks a lot of and also the, the the big bonus of Boateng looking like he looking like he belonged and could have nicked a winner at the end so very unlucky not to not so to I, was, I was actually I was really chuffed with that performance and that was before I knew that we were the only team out of 92 not to have got a point in. so imagine how delighted I was when I found that now well it was a typical Palace performance in some ways in that the first half was so bad that I was tempted to take up watching another sport of always has been at Swansea, for a trial at Palace we talked about it that before it always, always has been at Swansea and it's always been one all yeah. and they came out after the second uh, after the half time and for the second half with you know just a renewed vigour and albeit that it or Albert that only lasted for 10 <laughs> thank you very much we, we got asked if we were on commission for the number of times we say albeit or albeit on the pod no we're not unfortunately um, we came out oh like someone did also tweet saying can we go through a whole pod without saying albeit or, to or, or aggression to a mean so we've broken that one no we can't no, no. Um, yeah set, set, like the very start of the second half renewed sort of vigour and um, a lot more pace to the Palace performance and um Although the, the remainder of the half was a little bit sort of backs to the wall kind of job, it was the first time there seemed to be some sort of pace and purpose about Palace in, in recent weeks. Um, even though it only lasted for about ten minutes, it only really needed to. So, uh, yeah, very, very much. Um, one thing I've spoken about in recent pods is the lack of resilience there seemed to be with Palace and the doggedness in defence um, in in the sort of games since the new year and. For once, that had actually returned, which was great to see. The second half was very much like Old Palace, you know, mm. challenges flying in, last-ditch tackles, albeit uh, sometimes because of defensive mistakes haven't been made. But there, there was no shortage of sort of commitment or desire or the sort of things that have sometimes not been there this, I, this, I, this year. I so think far, it probably helps by going one 0 down as well. I think going in at half time, whatever was said, you, 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 Palace always play better when they're up against the wall. We always do, and I just think going in at half time, one down. Thinking, but we, we, really, had, we, we really hadn't in recent, hadn't in recent weeks. We, so we, see, we talked about this last week with your. I know your young son was here. Mm. Uh, it's like being in a time machine. Um, um, I was. It was. The, it was amazing listening to that podcast. Actually, realizing that my son can actually string a sentence together. He said that the first time, time he heard you doing it. Did he really? Yeah, he was really proud that his dad could string a sentence together. <laughs> I can't. That didn't have David Bowie true. in it. But, um, <laughs> but the thing we talked about. <laughs> we talked about the Bournemouth game, for example. It, as soon as Bournemouth equalised. We look like we would concede another goal. That, yeah. That's gone. From, I mean, that's you're talking about Palace up to sort of October. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And bear in mind as well, the Swansea were on a decent little run. They were two wins and a, and a draw since uh, mm. either side of the new manager coming in. So it was a, a good result. And, and as we said before, considering Newcastle won and Liverpool and New, uh, Sunderland got a point, it was a decent point. But I, I just think it was kind of forced upon us in, in a sense because Jednak and Kabai aren't going to get for it it's like we kind of were forced to play uh, almost miss out midfield the way we discussed on the last podcast and 
putting Schumach up front with with Ali Boyle. You know, Schumach's quite versatile, so it's not always a straightforward four four two. But it just means you miss out. You don't try and play through midfield as we had been doing a little bit, and and punching. Yeah, let's let's be fair. We've all argued that Punching should have had a rest for a long time, and the fact that he's mm. had to have a rest, it's probably helped. It's probably helped a little Definitely, bit because yeah. he's yeah he's clearly under a lot of pressure. He's knack. He's played he's played every game. He's expended a lot of energy, so that's helpful. You know, MacArthur being out looked like it was a disaster before that game. But as I say, with Jednak playing well, much played well. Where what counts? Boateng coming in. Looks like we have a bit of. There were, it turns out there were a lot of positives from the game. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not only getting the points, yeah. I think it was it was a positive performance. Yeah, I think we've got to be careful though. Oh, no, um, because, of course, because no, 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 no. you're a lawyer. Because I'm a lawyer yeah. and I'm billing you for this. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I thought off the ball the game passed Jednak by at times again. Although he was he was great with some of the sort of rear guard action at the very very end. There were sort of certain times where yet again against a team like Swansea, he was being passed around far too easily. He did give away that free kick just for the end as well. Lee Chung Yong put in one of the worst single first half performances that I think I've ever seen from really? a Crystal Palace footballer in the first half. Gave Suarez so little protection wow. that you kind of wonder what his purpose even was on the pitch. Jordan much lost in the middle in in the first half. Although Shamak did come on and make a, a couple of uh, sort of canny touches and so forth, he looked a little bit off the pace at times as well. So, I mean, the outcome was was great. I don't think the performance level was that much better than in recent weeks, which is now completely contradicting what I'd said only about five minutes ago about resilience, <laughs> which I, is also fantastic. I don't think I don't think the performance is as important as the point. I mean. No, I, agree. Took, I don't he, think he our performances have been that bad. N- no, yeah, that's really. Good. Let's, let's exactly. be honest. Our performances have not actually well, been Villa, that bad. Villa yeah. and Bournemouth, maybe, but well, but the fact overall, is, at least he yeah. took. We, yeah, we've we've complained long and hard in the pod and during the bad run about him not making changes. So at least he made the change at half time. He saw what you saw, and bringing Shimak on wasn't necessarily the most obvious change. I don't think there were other things he could have done. He could have mm-hmm. brought Boateng on then and. and and push somebody else out wide, you know. Yeah. But so that was a that was a positive change. Yeah. And Shimak, you know, basically you got Shimak and Adiboyle who were both going to be off the pace because they both missed a lot of first team football. But it, you know, match of the day two highlight. There's a couple of moments when Adiboyle still got the physical strength, and when the match fitness comes mm. up to match to match out, I think I, I'm certainly more hopeful. You know, despite what you said about the performance not being brilliant, I'm much more hopeful than I was. This time last week, I was I wasn't I don't still I didn't think we'd go down this time last week. I was generally worried about the shape of the rest of the season. Mm. I'm less so now, and that and there is no logic to being less so now off the back of a point away from home. But I, I mean, speaking of shape, I thought it was, and and you sort of hinted towards it there anyway, Kevin. But like it was encouraging to see Pardew markedly changing the approach in game, which we've complained about time yeah. and time again. You know, even though both Adebayor and uh, Shamak did look a little bit rusty. It, it was fundamentally a very different way of playing in that second half to how we'd been approaching things in the first half, even with, with sort of where, where Wilf was operating. He was sometimes coming a little bit more narrow to try and support those two. We weren't just trying to bomb down the wings. It was it was a markedly different way of, of playing the game. And Pardew hasn't always done that. And occasionally when he has tried to do that, it's come off pretty badly, um, frankly. Um, we, we discussed last week, James, uh, with the admirable help of your son who... It turned out to have done more research than we had about, about Adi because Adi Boyle was not not used to playing on his own and as, as right. uh, Travis pointed out at Arsenal he moaned about having to play on his own for yeah, five did, games yeah. so everybody I know was at the game said he he perked up considerably when in the second half he had yeah. 
shemak around him, someone to take the pressure off him. Because, and I think inevitably, I think we will have, we will start playing four four two to get or a variation to of actually get the best out to of get the best out of Adibayor. And yeah, we we know that Shemak towards the end of last season he got that injury against Swansea. He was for you know for all people talk about his age and his lack of fitness. He had a run of six or seven games where he was a, he looked a top quality Premier League player. So. If you can, do, if we well, do I, forget I, that Shamak is a very gifted player. He is, he is one yeah, of our most gifted yeah, players, yeah. to be fair. And the fact is, it looks like you know, for all, for all, we, apparently we made an effort, a lot of effort to keep Gale in the transfer window. Doesn't look like he's going to get a regular chance even for the rest of the season. So logically, it, it looks like it's either going to be Adibayo playing with Campbell up front or Shamak, and I'd rather see him start with Shamak. To be mm-hmm. perfectly honest, and against Watford next week, Watford hit a little bad patch themselves they're not scoring many goals yeah. I think it'd be a more positive thing to do to start with the two up front rather than I agree and we'll, well, come, to, we'll come to that in, the in, other in th- part but four. there is yeah. one thing of course the, the big elephant in the room again on Saturday there's no way to talk about me I'm the thin white duke fat white duck. fat white duck fat white duck Hennessy it was it's Hennessy well yeah I mean, oh, can oh, we talk oh, about and what, what, was, what was wrong with Hennessy on that goal well, pray, pray the starting position, and, no, 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 and, the, else. and the fact that he was going, he was going. He went one way, and he then went, decided his, to go the other way. His weight was on the wrong his, foot. Uh, feet, his, yeah, his weight was on the wrong foot again, and he shouldn't. There was a a small space to cover, and he didn't cover it. He reacted slowly, and they made a similar save in the first in the second half, but it was a better save because he was still he started off in the wrong direction again. So he's I think having trouble was setting the wall, a real but, problem with the wall because. Much, much basically climbed over. I forgot what, what defender he climbed over, and I think he blocked Hennessy's view anyway. Mm-hmm. But I saw, I think the, the wall was set up wrong. Oh, not, the, the, not that the wall was set up wrong, but I think what the wall did was wrong once the, the shot was taken. Well, there was a what small they space. They split, and he split. He just jumped on the guy much, yeah, and got stopped. really high. So it was like eight foot tall, and Hennessy couldn't see. So he went to one side as so he gambled. Much, it's going to go. He one. gambled and just. And yeah, well, that's the whole point of the wall. The wall is the, the, the wall supposed there, to cover yeah. that. It, yeah. it, so the wall wasn't doing their job. The, no, but the wall was doing and its job. But they, they covered quite a small space that Sigurdsson risked going for. But that's the space. Hennessy, Hennessy should have been a, a yard to his left. Sigurdsson and did exactly the same with a free kick at Selhurst Park. Yeah. Hennessy in exactly the same way took a step the wrong way yeah. because his anticipation isn't good enough and his footwork isn't good enough for someone who is purportedly, in the eyes of some Palace fans, a top eight goalkeeper. He's not. Did it at Selhurst Park. Did it again for the goal. It was only the third time Sigurdsson tries to put in exactly the same corner that he starts to learn from it and only leans the other way rather than stepping the other way and can then recover. I, I think you're both. I, have to say, I think you're both. I think I think he is a good goalkeeper, but at the moment he's making a mistake a game, and he's cost all his, his all his mistakes. He's been he's been really unlucky because all his mistakes have cost us have cost us points. There's no doubt about that. And, and off the top of my head, last week, I, there's seven points you could argue his mm. fault. And if you look at the, when uh, Julian first came in the team. Mm. He was dropped for 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 a well, long time. You he's won us a lot of points. Oh, of course, you know, that's, the the top, that's, the, that's the big argument. It's, it's so nebulous. You don't know. I mean, the, the saves at Everton, yeah. the save in the second half, and the free kicks. Of course, you, you, that's that's the big. That's where goalkeepers really suffer because you you don't know how many goals he saved or should have saved or yeah, how many of the saves he made are common sense saves or out of the ordinary. You don't. But the fact is, you can only judge by what you see. Yeah. And and if we saw. 
if we saw Delaney miss a tackle six games running, he wouldn't be he'd he wouldn't, dro- be, he wouldn't be playing. He comes out for another catch later on in yeah. that match and just drops it in the area again. Thankfully, there's no one around. Yeah. I just to, I just think all the mistakes the mistakes that Hennessy is making on a weekly basis seem to be very simple fundamental goalkeeping mistakes yeah, yeah. it's not like he's out of his debt or what. it's just yeah. it's just the simple things that you should be learning when you're a teenager you know and he just doesn't seem to be getting and, it right and, and you, I mean to, to be generous it's his first full season in the Premier League probably isn't it mm-hmm. well certainly for us so you mm-hmm. could argue that he's still and he didn't start the season and you know so I, I mean I, I, but, I not that this has really got anything to do with it I, I don't think it was a free kick in, in the first oh, instance I, think it, I, think, it I, think, I it really don't think it was but and, it hasn't got anything to do with it it hasn't right. got anything to do with it but I think it's, yeah. it's worth mentioning because I think it was a harsh decision uh, I'm not saying that influenced Hennessy in any way but I'll ask you guys this would it with all the the mistakes do you drop him then or is it is it do you still need to have someone the same consistency as the I guy playing each week on the cut? Not now. I don't think he will do. No, I would have dropped him three games ago. I don't think there's a great point in doing so, Frank. No, I think the I'm downside risk is yeah. far, far greater think you, than, yeah, yeah. than keeping him there. You know, the risk that Spironi won't be up to speed, which yeah. I can't I can't even recall the last time he played a competitive match, either at under-21 level or, or at first-team level. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get someone right in and say he played for the under-21s last week. Yeah. But, you know, he's certainly not played for the first team for a very long time now. Alex McCarthy, by all accounts, there were sort of various issues that led to him being dropped in the first place and, and not just the couple of errors that, that occurred. And I don't particularly rate Wayne Hennessy and I'm, I'm not even sure he's actually better than the other two, but you're taking a huge risk by yet again chopping and changing it, particularly yeah. after you finally managed to garner a point against the team. Yeah. It, it was it was an error. Were he to have stayed in the same starting position and Sigurdsson bends it around the wall into the top left hand corner he doesn't get near it fine you say that's a brilliant brilliant free yeah, kick yeah, yeah. you still say it's a brilliant free kick that Sigurdsson's taken Sigurdsson's one of the best set piece takers yeah. in the Premier League and there's no shame in being beaten by him but it's, it's those little things that Hennessy's anticipation doesn't always sort of see to that will lead to more goals like that and you, could, doesn't... And, and you could argue as well again Ben you could argue that you learned his lesson because he did make the save yeah. in the second mm. half but I, and I agree with you I don't think there is any point in dropping him now but and I, I don't think Julian would replay it. I think if we could have got Rob Green, I think Rob Green would have gone straight into the team. I don't think he was after Rob Green to, to be cover. I think he was after Rob Green to, to, be the keeper. to be the keeper for the rest of the season, experienced Premier League goalkeeper, which I think, I mean, it's speculation, which I think would have been a mistake in terms of Hennessy's long-term confidence. Because the thing is, I mean, he already is, and it sounds an odd thing to say, apart from the goal, the mistake again that's costing us a goal, he's, he is actually... The rest of his game isn't. Hmm. It doesn't stand out as being poor. He doesn't look out of his depth, and he is an international goalkeeper. And you know, I know Wales haven't got that many keepers to choose from, but he is their first choice. And even when he wasn't playing for us, he was still their first choice. So he's obviously a, a good keeper. It's just, it's just highlighted, and also the fact it's possibly when we were playing well, we had that really good run. He was probably making mistakes, and we just weren't noticing because we were picking up three points, or our attention was elsewhere. It's just, it's just at the moment the whole team. You know, the whole team's under pressure. So there's well, no shots, think, so there's I, shots on target. I think as well, there's yeah, so many changes down. going on in the team, what with injuries, yeah, and the odd suspension, but mainly injuries. That to make a decision like that to, and that back four, back five, including him, is 
I mean, I know it's not been that solid recently, but they all know each other so well. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I do think that Dan and Delaney will, you know, they're obviously all in it together and they're all be, they'll be helping each other through it. To, to change that when there's already so many changes going on yeah, further yeah. up the field yeah. that, are, that are not even our fault, that they're injury faults, then to actually start changing things when do we really need, yeah. we need some, some yeah. stability. And that back four, I know they've been leaking, but they are, they're trying. Yeah, <laughs> they are trying and very. they are as one. Or supposedly as one. But I also think I think it's and I do love Suarez's new haircut, by the way. I think it's important. <laughs> oh, that I think, was my next question, sir. I think it's important to point out that the bad run isn't down to Hennessy. I mean, the, no, it's the not, goals no, we've been no. letting in is down to the, all, everybody, not just the back four mm. either. So no. it, it would be unfair to, to to blame everything on him. It's yeah. just to say, he's, but we'll blame a lot. It's just being it's just being magnified because we're under pressure. And, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. the spotlight's going to fall on him. But it, it, it's as it is at Liverpool with Mignolet. Yeah, and and you know. Okay, um, how did you guys feel about um, Adebayor? Because I personally thought he had quite a good game, given his lack of competitiveness. Do we think, on this short-term deal, we've seen enough possibly over the Swansea game to think he could he could do a job for us? He's got well, he's, the guy has a proven track record of scoring Premier League goals, and he's not that old. So I, I just don't think there can be any question about that. Whatsoever, he looked a little bit rusty in the final third, particularly. You know, there was one which where, is fair enough. Which yeah, is fair enough. Yeah, There's yeah. one that's laid sideways to him on the edge of the box by Wilf that he pretty much completely scuffs. That if mm. you have a very fit and sharp Adebayor, he probably scores with, given his his, his talent and his goal scoring. There was ability. a header as well, wasn't it, in the yeah. first half? There was head, header as well in the it first went half, over, which um, I think you would normally get on target at least. But so what, what you've just described there is something that we've really seen the whole season. Wilf pulling one back for a striker. And a cross coming in, which again I think was from Will for a striker. So that's already that's a good sign. That's a good start. And Pardew was really bullish about Adibayor afterwards, saying give him two more games. And the fact is, you it's it already you, know, you, you despair of some football fans sometimes. It's like how is he going to get the match fitness and without playing the matches? And yeah, one or two of the games he probably will look rusty, but. To say he's not ready, why did we buy him? Is is missing the point entirely? I'm excited like, about seeing him and Wickham together. Well, that's a good. Interesting. I mean, that's a good point. I, 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 I completely forgot Wickham in that equation earlier on. Mm. You're quite right. It's done mm. where, well, would you, know, you guys do that? Or would you no, play him with Cam 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 I mean, Well, I'm just I'm chucking it out there. I mean, I no, would, I'd Wickham, yeah. I would, no, I'd Wickham, yeah. No, that's fair enough. I actually think they could work well together. Jeez, I'm like a cat. If it hasn't happened in the last <laughs> week, I forget. I just <laughs> completely forget. Yeah, of course, because Wickham's back. He's finished. So, well, you'd, you'd think with Wickham's energy... Yeah, I and mean, this holds up. I mean, and the away holds it up. He knocks it down. The strength, flick ons, strength and there's Adebayo. Well. You know, to well, knock it in. Actually, you'd think, yeah, it wouldn't be many. Potent. Not many centre back pairings would want to. But we would need Pards to, to stick to this slightly more expansive well, attacking this, yeah, but, with, but, but yeah, actually, but, but with Adebayo as the main striker and Wickham round him, as he like in, as he sort of did around Blassie in the Newcastle game, that's it could work. That could work. Really it could, could work. Yeah, it could yeah. work. It's actually quite exciting. I think. I think we should um, we should spend some time on this in this part giving a little praise to Jordan Much, who hasn't had much praise from any of us. I don't think this, what, from this you? season. Uh, no, not from me either. Um, Mainly not from you. He ran a lot, didn't he? He apparently. ran. Well, he he had a good game on the left. And Street was saying earlier that that Chung Yung Lee didn't offer any support to Suarez. And when Much was pushed out to the left after Shamak come on it did feel a bit didn't it Street a bit more balanced like a, a bit more like he was given a bit more support yeah well yeah very much so <laughs> to support you <laughs> that, what, what was your take on that I mean you were there because Lee I mean we talked about in the pod last week Lee looked like one of the few positives recently his energy and his his support of Suarez so what 
Can you put your finger on why you I cannot put my finger on why it was such a poor performance for me. It was just genuinely abject. When he got the ball, he was terrible. When he was terrible without the ball. So it was just a combination. And you'd expect him, because he always looked quite busy and full of running, you would expect him to at least be, even if he's sort of initially caught out of position, to be putting in the runs to sort of make up ground if, if he's let his man go beyond him and stuff like that. That didn't even really happen. I don't know if it was because he'd kind of been played in a slightly more expansive role in a couple of the previous games and had, had sort of floated into number 10 at times in those games. There was or, one moment, wasn't there, where Suarez went down the left and Lee was sort of hanging out and Suarez beckoned with his left arm to mm. say, Close go somewhere, yeah, go behind yeah. the fullback yeah, or yeah. go somewhere. And, and at that moment, you realise that they're really not connecting. Language barrier. Yeah. Language barrier. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, if it was the seventies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, no, much and much and Ledley are clearly good. I mean, much and Ledley are players that other clubs are after. They're clearly both good players that haven't quite fulfilled any potential that we thought they might have. Ledley, I mean, Ledley started for on. Remember, a lot of people thought Ledley was going to come in as partly as a cover at left back as well because of his versatility. But probably both much and Ledley would argue that they haven't. Played. I think we've got to face up though to the fact that Jordan March cannot play as a number 10 in the type of oh, t- system that we play yeah, and we've tried him out there yeah. and it just does not work whether it's because he's not quite dynamic enough or he's not got the acceleration or the speed of or, I mean he's, he shows some lovely touches at times the guy has good technique he just I think struggles to sometimes impose himself on games or grab a game by the scruff of the neck which if you've got a top performing number 10 or even somebody who's been shoehorned into that like punching at the end of last season who was performing well they, they grab the game by the scruff of the neck they start creating stuff for the front three around them and much has never really showed any signs of doing that in the Palace system he might be better playing a slightly more withdrawn role next to Kabai in MacArthur's absence or you know playing out wide but certainly I, th- I think hopefully it's the end of that particular experiment because he was very poor there in but the first it's, half the thing with that number 10 role it's such a creative role it's such an energetic role but Logically, there's only one player we've got at the club who could play, and that's Kabai, and he doesn't yeah. want to play there. Because it's it's a real, it's kind of a, it's a new role, isn't it, a number 10 yeah. role, it's a sort of modern football role, but it's, it is a specialist role, it's a role that requires, yeah, and punching is probably the closest we've had to somebody who can do it, but it requires a lot of physical fitness, a lot of energy, you have the ability to tackle as well. because a, well. a lot of thought and a lot of speed, yeah, speed of thought, and, mm. and skill and technique, and yeah, but it's, then there aren't that many players in Premier League though I, just, I mean someone like Charlie Adam could do it but they're, they're sort of few and far between Kabai doesn't want to do it so I think it's really hard to, you know, it's much easier to be an emergency centre forward yeah, than it is to be an emergency which is why I kind of feel now that Munchen's injured that maybe it's time for Palace just to kind of so put that to one to, side to, for to, a bit to try to, exactly yeah. like we said last week we'll bypass the midfield and and stick well, call it what you want but essentially it'll be 4-4-2 yeah which, off the back of Leicester's success and Watford doing it, so people are suddenly starting to say, oh yeah, I never wanted to lose 4-4-2 in the first place. <laughs> you, you said we should play the continental way, but gradually that is creeping back in. I mean, I 4-4-2 is the new uh, modern way, Well, it? it is. I wouldn't be surprised to see England play a, ver- a variation of it. I've, Harry Kane and Vardy yeah. are yeah. pretty much nailed on to be the starting two, I think, in front of Rooney in the, in the, in the European Championships. Mm. And there, there's no point playing Vardy anywhere else or Kane anywhere else to play him in a sort of more orthodox 4-4-2. Mm. Yeah. And everyone knows how to play 4-4-2, yeah. don't they? They're all brought up playing it, yeah. and it's not as... I don't know, it's not the same as people when they think 4-4-2 think, you know, mid-early mid, 90s, sort of two wingers bombing on and getting crosses into into the sort of box for two strikers who'll be getting on the end of them with headers, etc. It's not really played like that anymore. 
you know the, the, the two wide men who would have used to have been you know your Salako on, on one side and who would be ahead on the other Phil Eddie? Barber Phil Eddie. Barber Phil Barber, Phil Barber. Phil Barber. Yeah. you know the, the, yeah. the, the wide midfielders in that system don't always bomb on the same way that they used to it, it, the, the sort of width and the pace comes from going really direct to the strikers straight away the same way that yeah. sort of Leicester are playing it at the moment with, with Mares and, and Vardy looking to break between the lines very very quickly almost without any support from the midfield so it's it's just I think a bit yeah. of a sort of tactical reaction to that sort of four-two-three-one thing that became very very fashionable it's just saying okay you're going to press us high up the pitch and you're going to try to retain possession we're just going to bypass the entire field and <laughs> <Well, laughs> very much old school and direct with it the Vardy goal against Liverpool last week was pretty much that was the sort of four-four-two Palace used to play in the early nineties. It was yeah. the, the wide men sometimes barely got a touch. It was it was a long ball from either the keeper or the centre back with the flick on mm. from from Bright or not. It's sometimes not even the flick on and just just the bounce def, you know deceives the central defenders and the, the, you know Ian Wright or Vardy's in behind them to shoot and score. It's, but it can. I mean the thing the way Watford play it is that they both if Watford are defending both of them drop back and and sit in with the midfield set to kind of force it's not and. That's why maybe Wickham would be better doing it because he's got more of the energy to come back and support so. the midfield. But I think if we haven't, as we said last week for about half an hour, if we haven't got the creative talent in midfield at the moment, then miss them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that pretty much sounds like what we did on... Yeah, especially, I mean, the conditions as well. You were there. I mean, conditions were pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Very slipping. Yeah, not many teams want to play the sort of football that Swansea are famous for playing. But, yeah. Does it feel a bit as well, um, given the sort of hysteria that was surrounding the five run defeat and a lot of people sort of having a bit of a meltdown online was this result a bit more of a just a sort of calming it's going to be alright guys you know look it's not going to be a disaster it's going to be alright one, we need one more I think that's the impression when seeing the interview with Pardew afterwards I mean that was they, he said you know we feel this is a victory and you felt he said we've been stuck on 31 well, for so yeah, long yeah, yeah. he goes and now we're off there and it was that 31 points felt like a bit of even though during that terrible run Everybody below us was equally as bad, if not worse, yeah. and we weren't really dropping dropping down the league in terms of position. Um, I do feel as though we needed to get that one point just to steady the ship, as they say. Yeah, but, and, um, and, and, uh, and what it means as well is that they'll they'll come back into training on Monday or Tuesday in a much better frame of mind. They'll look at Adibayo and go, "Yeah, he's going to be out play football." Wickham will be back. Yeah. Balassi will be floating around. Boating will be full of himself because he came on and had a good twenty minutes. So he kind yeah. of. It, it, it's, it always amazes you how important it's a cliche but it's you know these grown up men who have played a lot of money to play football and you know, confident one mm-hmm. an away point at Swansea you can make all the difference to their mentality their attitude mm-hmm. and I don't it wasn't far short of hysteria but you can understand why people were starting to get a bit it's not just the fear of going down which was never fully there but it's just what it means for the rest of the season, for the into next season, and yeah, yeah, and also it's just that because we've it's that rare thing for Palace fans that we've coming off the back of a good run because in the past two seasons it's been the other way around. We've yeah. coming off the back of a bad run and we've picked up, so it's just like we had a, an unwelcome dose of reality and long may it well, you know, not happen again. Again, as we usually do, you know, some perspective on it. You yeah. look at you look at where we are now, and you know, it's above Chelsea. It's, it's above yeah. Chelsea, which is great, but we, yeah. we we are where we should be, really, in the league. We are where we should be. We're where we deserve to be. You know, and it's the, the it's just so happens that we were good and then we weren't good. And you know, I think if you even itself out, then I think we're fine. You well, know? Pardew said himself, not many people picked up. Pardew said, 
you probably would have taken us at the start of the season. And he said, even though I know we're six points ahead of last season and technically we're doing better, he said, cool, we're all, we're all worried. Hmm. Of course they're worried. Well, you should be worried. You don't, you don't know where it's going. That's the thing. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to push forward. Yeah. Exactly. You, you have to. There has to be but, an, but, an element of worry around but, there. Otherwise, you just. But, otherwise, you're carrying losing. But they're only revealing that now because we we talked last week about the fact that one of the things that was worrying me is that there was no, the club simply weren't acknowledging that we were in a bad run. They were, everyone was carrying yeah, on yeah. as though yeah. everything was rosy, and it's and we're not idiots. Football fans don't mind the manager or the chairman saying look I don't know how we get out of this but we have to get out of it mm-hmm. but so I'm pleased that they're acknowledging it now but I'd rather they did the grown up thing but having said that it's only despite the fact we were the only team not to get a point in <laughs> it's still only five games and three of which were against mm. Chelsea's one good yeah. and, and Tottenham and Man City and yeah we, we know how good Tottenham and Man City are yeah Good, okay, well I think that's a good part to end part one on. In part two we've got questions from our listeners, so join us in a bit. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Uh, Happy Shrove Tuesday everybody. Or if you're listening to this on Ash Wednesday, well you've missed your pancakes. Yeah, lovely pancakes, weren't they? Mm, very nice. Uh, they were very nice. Uh, Pod 168 sponsored by Vector Printing for your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. And go to t-shirtmonster.com forward slash FYP to check out the brand new exclusive FYP and Vector with a K t-shirts. Uh, and JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Good. <laughs> Question time <laughs> from our just, you, uh, I, I've finally realised who you remind me of. Who? The Honey Monster. Oh. <laughs> now you're doing your T-shirt monster impression. Yeah. Right. Are you the, sure it's 168? Wasn't it 168 last week? Uh, I think it's 168. It says 168 here. Groundhog so Day, mate. It's been, it's been it actually four. was Groundhog Day when we lost to Bournemouth. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. 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 Which yeah. is ironic given we kept on losing and then we lost again on yeah. Groundhog Day. But never mind. We move on. We do move on to our first question this week, which is from Matt Philip Harris. Hi, Matt. Matt Matt says, uh, do the weaknesses in our squad depth make a case for shifting the new investment from club infrastructure to new players? I'm going to chuck this one towards our financial expert, Andy Street. Don't call me a financial expert. (laughs) What what weakness in the squad are you talking about? We just decided in the first part that our squad was brilliant now with Boateng coming on. We have in, in previous weeks talked about Lack of depth. Before you pass this to Andy, though, I, this is a it baffle. I still don't understand that we're supposed to believe that the two Americans, who are apparently very nice chaps, who invested a lot of money, but have agreed that the money's only going into infrastructure rather than players. Uh, a street will probably know more. Now, are we supposed to believe that that's a legal thing in the in the takeover that any money they invest. Will only go to building the stadium, and therefore will free up Parish's money, for want of a better word, for players. I don't. Well, you can agree whatever you want to in a contract, really. So it's a term of, of what they want to do with with the new structure, and that if that's in the agreement that sort of deals with all the shareholders, and how they deal with the club, then maybe. Um, I mean, or is it a way of getting around future financial fair play issues? Or well. I mean, it's not a way of getting around future financial play FFP issues because they'll still be effectively in play. I think it's more just um, from a sort of common sense perspective, the fact that you know the club, if it needs to progress for reasons that I'll come on to in a minute, needs to increase the amount of money that it takes at the gate and needs to increase the amount of money it takes 
from sort of commercial partners and from corporate activities and all that sort of stuff. And the manner in which you do that is by improving the infrastructure and similarly to improve the sort of quality of footballer that comes through. So you end up with lots more Hiram Baratengs and, and hopefully better coming through into the first team. You're going to need to invest in the sort of back-end infrastructure as well. And the one thing that I guess the business model doesn't have at the moment is that sort of sustainability to develop things from that perspective. Now, the reasons behind that in terms of sort of all the regulations and so forth, you've got two limbs effectively of financial regulation in the Premier League. You firstly got... Uh, what they call sustainability regulations which is basically saying you shouldn't be losing more money than a certain threshold and you should basically only be spending what you earn which is kind of what we all understand to be FFP over a, over a particular period over over a three, three season years, period three, you shouldn't right. be at the moment and it's it's currently done on a three season cycle at the moment you shouldn't be losing more than 105 million pounds over that three year cycle so that's a little bit over what 30 million pound a year um, what thirty so between thirty and thirty-five million pound a year? You shouldn't be losing in terms of bottom line loss rather than profit. So what what happens though if you've got an Abramovich who at the end of that period when you've lost one hundred and six million just makes up? Does that does that include is that factored in? Are clubs allowed to do that? Clubs are allowed to inject a certain amount from that. There's a certain amount that's got to be guaranteed by owners by way of equity if they go over that yeah so okay, right. basically yeah you have to have an Abramovich guarantee in a certain amount if, if you go over that 105 million there's no suggestion that anyone will do for various boring accounting reasons um, if you do go over that 105 million it's, it's basically then down to the manner in which the Premier League decide to enforce that particular breach I mean you look at QPR they yeah. went through the FFP threshold for the Football League they clearly went through it by quite a significant amount it will then depend on the extent to which that particular authority wants to go down hard on them. I mean, I mean they might end up, they might be, say, for the, the, the sake of argument, they might end up being six clubs who breach that particular element of the Premier League's FFP, if you want to call it that. And there might be two clubs who breach it particularly severely. But it's then whether or not the Premier League decides it's got the appetite, the time, the costs, wants to basically invest a, a certain amount of, of their effort into penalising the, the club for breaching it in a certain way. At the moment, there's no indication in, in the rules how they would deal with someone who's breached it in a certain way. There's no sort of set tariff of penalties for clubs who are going a certain amount over the sort so of why, threshold. So why has Steve Parrish been talking about it then? Are we in danger of breaching it? We, that- so there's that element of it, and I, I mentioned that in brief, I think a couple of weeks ago, and I, I couldn't see why it would be an issue. But in the Premier League's rules, there's also a second type of financial regulation, and I can see people already glazing over in their episodes. <laughs> there's a, second, there's, there's a se- second type of financial regulation. It's called short-term cost control, and it effectively acts as a de facto salary cap because it says that if you go over certain thresholds and it's within that same three-year period if you go through certain thresholds of sort of wage bill you're only allowed to increase your wage bill year on year by four million pounds unless the excess over that four million pounds comes from stuff that the club is itself earning outside of tv money so say for example palace earn six uh, pay 60 million pound in in wages and that's increased by £6 million from the year before, which was also through the relevant limit. They've gone £2 million quid there over the limit of what they should have done. They then have to convince the Premier League that that excess about above the allowed amount has come from them earning more money at the gate or right. earning more money from commercial activities right. or from increasing you know, sponsorship deals and stuff isn't, like that. Isn't that easy to do if you're an accountant? Not. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't possibly comment on that. I'm being serious. I'm sure it's easy to do. I mean, it's, you're only talking... A, 
you're not talking that much amount of money, really, are yeah. you? And are, in, the, are, talking football? are these measures yeah. because we need we need to stop talking at such length? Just in terms of having people listen to the pod next week, because <laughs> it's fasc- it is fascinating. But are, no, we will get to next week. But are, are these <laughs> are these measures designed to stop two or three really wealthy clubs winning the league every year, or is it designed for every club to be sustainable? Well, no, because it, it, if anything, it has completely the contrary effect. Because basically, if you're a massive Man United and you can license a new product out in the Far right. East, that means that you get a sort of fifty million extra quid, uh, or and you've got. Four hundred million pounds of revenue that isn't linked to the TV deals at all. It's far easier for you to say, "Well, yeah, our wage bill's gone up a hundred million quid," but all of that is down to the fact that well, we are uh, we're well, increasing okay, revenue yeah, yeah. through this, these bits and bobs. Got it's you. I think the purpose is to ensure that clubs don't become too overly dependent on TV money. Frankly, right, okay. it's basically to say, "Yeah, fine, you, you're getting in a hundred million quid from from TV, but if you allow that all to pour out straight away into the pockets of of players." If you right, then go down, okay. you're in trouble right. because you're going to be effectively hooked on the amount of TV money you've got in, right. mm. and you, you'll you'll have commitments to okay. those players to pay them that amount. So I think it's to try and make sure that any sort of incremental increases in that are a fairly sustainable level. It's got the opposite impact though, because because clubs then have to sort of maximise all the other types of money they've got coming in rather than TV money. You end up with no incentive there to bring ticket prices down. You know, there's if, if anything, there's more of an incentive on clubs to increase ticket prices because they need every penny they can get if they're going to increase I, above the limits. One of the things we've learnt this weekend from Liverpool fans and other people, surely, is that talk of ticket money being important is hopelessly yeah, old-fashioned because the amount of money that a club actually makes on the gate now is. So ne- so negligible compared to anything else that it doesn't because there's Liverpool could afford to let every fan in for ten quid. Essentially, it wouldn't it be it wouldn't touch the finance as a, so. as a business without doubt. There's well, there's no doubt that in in terms of whether or not they make a profit at the end of the year or not, it's completely irrelevant if they put five quid on on the ticket price. But because the whole purpose of these new rather boring and um, awfully drafted regulations is to stop. Uh, clubs from becoming too dependent on that TV right, money okay. everything that right. isn't TV money it becomes is, important right, 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 because right, that's yeah. that's what basically fuels your wage increase right okay but so to answer the question from the original tweet yeah yeah, we do need a stronger squad <laughs> we're, we're now slightly confused yes I don't the American, the Americans I, I, yeah the, there is some confusion as to what the Americans have signed up to invest in but one way or another, we need to invest in the squad as well as the infrastructure, without a doubt. A very quick footnote to my boring segment there. Um, it, no, no, seems, it, it seems it's based on sort of various reports and what Steve Parrish, in, in fact, himself right. said that we were very, very, very close close to those wage bill provisions and like breaching them and so forth. Right. So it would at least probably provide some sort of justification or reason for why we didn't go nuts in, in the January transfer window and didn't allow new players to come in aside from Adebayor without allowing other other players to go out and to make profit on those players' sales. But that, that's really interesting, though, because the one thing that Steve Parrish has said right from the start is that we will match clubs for transfer fees, possibly, but not wages. So mm. it's clearly given you... Unless you're saying that the, the increase on... It's a proportional increase on low wages. So we're still paying low wages, but we're actually paying extra than we... I'm confusing myself now. But what, <laughs> I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is that we've always been given the impression that we are one of the lowest... So not not anymore. The, 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 I'm, I'm going to go on about finance a bit too much here, aren't I? Um, basically, the, the accounts for the 2014 to 15 season came out in the last, I think, week. And we weren't far off the likes of West Ham and really? Swansea. And like They're all around the sort of 65 oh. to 75 million quid a That's year point now. I think we were about 68. Oh, so we, okay. we, we definitely increased. And some of that will be 
B from the fact that you know Yannick Balassi is going to come in and go right I'm a Premier League footballer now why are you not paying me a Premier League footballer's yeah, wage yeah. you know all of that squad Damien Delaney would have said okay fine I was being paid you know halfpenny thruppence down in the championship but I'm now a genuine well, like, Premier like, League defender yeah, pay, me, like, pay me that amount like Payet we learned today Payet demanding a lot more money from West Ham yeah. um, the next question better be about Pete the Eagle otherwise we're, <laughs> gonna, um, we're going to be hemorrhaging <laughs> No, no, that's really interesting, but it's a very good question. Well, I just Very got good one question. Question. what it was. Street, yeah. Well, the question he didn't actually he answered a different question. He did. But it's still a good but I'm going to ask him another but one. In, but we needed to hear it. Though. It's interesting. Yeah, it's another one, and, and a one-word answer, please. Were the accounts good? Yes. Good. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, the next. Well, no, it is interesting though because the the FFP thing that Parrish was talking about came out of the blue for most of us, didn't it? Because yeah. I think we all, we all thought we were. were all under the impression that we were, and we are, but we were all under the impression that in terms of finances and uh, husbandry, for want of a better word, we were doing really well. So to discover that there wasn't a, an element of disquiet from the... It's just not been very well publicised. I was talking right. to a journalist from a national earlier this week on wow. legal Ooh. stuff. If you would expect anyone to know was it Ed Malley? It wasn't Ed Malley, no. Different paper, different journalist. Um if you would expect people to know about that sort of thing, you would expect people who are football writers to know about not necessarily about all the, the minute detail of it, but expect to sort of know about the general broad <laughs> yeah. implication of it. But I think because the Premier League didn't really publicise it apart from in one small press release that didn't really go into what it actually meant, it's probably passed a lot of people who don't work in the administrative or accounting departments of football clubs by. And uh, you can understand fans not, not knowing what it is or what it well, relates to or anything of that to sort be, of effect. To be, I'm an intelligent, articulate bloke, but it's only really David Connor, the Guardian, who writes about football finances. And even I get I get two paragraphs in, and I just go, I want to go one of those playing up front. Yeah. For, there was a blog from uh, Swiss Ramble as well. Swiss Ramble, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. But again, I, I got halfway through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just looked at all the graphs and got scared. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, nice colours though. That was interesting also question. Swiss that makes yeah, you start thinking yeah. of stolen gold and you think. I'm right, so moving on to the next few questions. I'm I don't think try... legally there's no there's no. I, I wasn't the whole of Switzerland. I'm not saying Swiss Ramble was involved in stealing Nazi gold. I'm saying Switzerland was. I can't defend We're running out. We're running out of time. Nation, so the Swiss are gold stealing Nazis. So, I would, oh god, uh, right. We um, might have Swiss listeners, right? Uh, that was a, they, well, that keep is the longest. they won't get involved, will they? That is, <laughs> they that is a very good question and the longest we've spent ever on any question on this pod. So, I'm going to rattle through the next few questions. Sorry, so, um, oh. shorter answers, please, lads. I apologize to the listeners for <laughs> rattling through them. Quite a few questions on this subject, but, but I've picked out one from Houston TXCPFC. Hi, Houston. Hi, Houston. He said, out of desperation, should we start Dan up front? Worked for Chris Coleman. It's <laughs> a good one, well, yeah. He's our leading goal machine, yeah. He's yeah, our leading um, goal scorer, isn't he? But seriously? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Oh, it was interesting to hear Pardew talk about how standing in the tunnel next to the Palace team, say we're giants, we're a huge side, which he said, we, of course we're scoring goals from set pieces. We've got a few I, big lads, but yeah, not, we're not, not, not that many. Not massive. But no, but, but it's... I think Scott, you know, there's no point putting him up front of him. He's scoring goals from where he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, doing his other job at the other Yeah, because then the trouble is you put him up front and then we have to bring Breda in at the back. And, oh, you know, I love Breda. We all love Breda, yeah, but we don't want him to play for us, that's all. Uh, right, um, next question from Andy Joyce. Good question. Andy. Andy. He what, says, what, oh, yeah. who are the pod's favourite NFL teams? So there was a bit, you know, I'm sure you saw all the... I don't care. And frankly, Palace's official Twitter no. account, stop trying to make me care. I don't care. Well, we I've, got, I've got one sport. I, yeah, back in the eighties. James and I remember <laughs> the eighties when the Channel Four. It was Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. We all supported. Everybody I know in England, London, chose the Philadelphia Eagles to sport because 
Eagles. Very obvious Eagles. reasons, because yeah. uh, we'd all been to Philadelphia and studied <laughs> American history. <laughs> I don't give a rat's... My, my brother-in-law's in America. He, lives, he, he really enjoys it, but, you know... No, don't understand it. Don't want to understand it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, a lot, well, a lot of Bulls fans seem to follow the NFL. No, no, so it's, 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 it's fine. It's, it's, it's the same as great and all power to them, yeah. but stop trying to force it to a me through people, the Palace official uh, Twitter uh, account. There are a lot of Palace fans who will probably vote Tory, but I don't see your logic, to be perfectly honest. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's a great game if they put the Other ball, if they put the, if they put the ball on the ground and kicked it. Well, they do. That's fine. They do. One guy comes on to do that. It's his only yeah, it's job. Like rugby, rugby's Down great. goals or something. I've been thought about doing it. I could do rugby's that. Rugby's great. What, the kicking bit? Be the kicker. Yeah, you I couldn't could even do the holding the bit. Kicker. I could do the kicking. The kicking. Yeah, could. What? The, in, on the off chance they change the rules as a nine yard kick. <laughs> I could easily do that. Even easily. Did you would have to. <laughs> I'm still young enough. I might give it a go. Right. Next what? question what? is from. The next question is from Tony. I could easily do it. You would go. You could not. would be great. I've been going down the gym recently. I've been working, doing leg, a lot of leg days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is from Tony Johnson. Hi, Hi Tony. Tony. It Hi, says, uh, "What will you be having on your pancakes?" Oh, too late, oh, Adam. Adam. Yeah. Next question. We went. We. Um, <laughs> my. Uh, I, I couldn't be more happily married, and she's just the yards away in the kitchen, but. My they wife were marvellous pancakes. My wife is the daughter of a Methodist minister, so we if we had lemon and sugar, and we were lucky to get that. Yeah. We don't we don't go for lemon and sugar. Simple, simple. Yeah. Yeah. One day I dream of Nutella, but you oh, could dream. Apparently, that's a very Catholic thing to ask for. So we were lucky to get lemon and sugar. Apparently. I'm from SC24, so probably yeah. quinoa and olives. Quinoa, quinoa and a pancake. Quinoa and olives. Ooh. They were nice pancakes as well, yeah, except, for, except for somebody in the legal profession was a bit late turning up. So extra they're a bit cold, weren't they? Extra batch had to be made for the lawyer. Okay, uh, John Dodds. Yeah, but we're traditionally. I Dodds. I Dodds. Uh, he's. You know, we normally get called the panel. Yeah. We've been called something else tonight. Not like that. He's put a uh, quick one for the esteemed members of tonight's quorum. Nice. Oh, like Ooh. Nice. Right. We are quorum. I uh, do <laughs> like a bit of quorum with my quinoa, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. Wasn't quorum the magic? No, no, no. It was a quorum. Oh, that's quorum. Okay, and. No, quorum is a mix between cordon and forum. That's where James Corden cor- takes his clothes off and people are sick. <laughs> Right, Dodgy's question says, uh, do oh, you want uh, Leicester to win the title, assuming Palace don't? I, there's still a part of me that closes my eyes and sees that ball looping off Steve Claridge's shin yeah. in, the, in the, <laughs> yeah. the playoff final, and there's part of me that doesn't. I actually, yes, I, I, would, I think it would, be, it would be brilliant, it would be a fluke, and they're never going to get this close again, so it would be heartbreaking for them not to. I, I think they've been... I think they've been good for. I think they've been, and yeah, there's a different. We talked about Bournemouth. They talked about the Roman Bournemouth, snidey, horrible, niggly. Even against watching them against Arsenal on Sunday, they ran the referee all the time. Mm. Leicester, I think Leicester played a game in a decent spirit, and I think they've they've been fun to watch. And I think anything that annoys Man United and Man City and Arsenal yeah, is exactly, a good thing. Yeah. And and it's it's not going to happen again. They're not going to become a power in football. Well, if it's and, not Leicester, let's let's hope it's Tottenham. Yeah, I do, I do want to see it, and you, I say it here now. You do wonder as well whether it's maybe the start of things to come. It's one of the reasons I really want to be in the Premier League next year because we've. You know, I think Mourinho will be managing United. Guardiola is going to be at City. Klopp mm-hmm. at Liverpool, but every other club is going to have the money to keep good players and to get other players in. I think apart from, I think we're going to be richer than every club in Italy. Yeah, Palace much, wow. yeah. will be richer than just about five or six clubs in 
So I think this possibly could be the start of an era in British football in the Premier League. It sort does of give it. teams the size of Palace a little bit of a confidence. Uh, it, as well, it, I think. Well, it does a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're, we're never going to win the And the fact is, this is a one-off. It is a fluke, and they've been really lucky with suspensions and, and injuries. But they deserve it. I mean, they, they, you can't. It's not a fluke. I mean, they're, no. they're, they're fearless the way they approach the game. So yeah, I would. I, I actually would like to see them. And there won't be another yeah. season where all uh, so many of the big teams, if not all of them, have had shortcomings. I don't know. I, no, it won't be. But I, I, I just think next the Premier League next year is going to be really interesting. I just think you're going to have eight or nine clubs that, that will be sort of hovering around mm. the, the positions under the, the you know, the, the, the traditional top three. You imagine will reassert themselves. I'm just looking forward to in about 15 years meeting loads of Leicester City fans who are 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. They go, we haven't won anything for 15 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the same way now you meet we've, we've seen, a Newcastle I, I think, yeah, I think exactly. it was only last week we said this. At the start of the season, I was delighted when Ranieri came in because Leicester were one of the teams I assume would finish below Palace. Yeah. And at the start of the season, you look at every single one of their players, you wouldn't put them in, you, wouldn't, you simply wouldn't have put them in Palace's no, no. team. Well, and also every so single Premier League prediction from any journalist yeah, whoever, me, we're all saying, oh, Leicester bottom three probably. For me, and well, the only reason I thought Leicester might not finish bottom three is I thought all three of the promoted clubs would, would struggle. Mm. And that's where I think Villa and Newcastle and Sunderland, there's an incredible arrogance about all three of them. As I think they assumed... I'm almost happy about Villa going down than I am about Leicester potentially winning. Well, I think there are going to be two. I think two of the three clubs. And I'm sorry for my clubs. Villa fans, but it's the, it's the think, arrogance that kills. Yeah, I think yeah. there are going to be there are going to be two big clubs leaving the Premier League and like. Yeah. Uh, so no, I, I think Leicester. I mean, it's it's it'll it. Well, it could be interesting it. both ends of the table. Yeah. Uh, Oliver Moss. Ooh. Hi, Oliver. Oliver says Moss. I had a Bloody Mary before leaving the pub for the FA Cup tie against Stoke keep doing it keep doing as it. we keep won should it. I make this a lucky cup ritual yes of course even if we start losing just keep doing it keep I doing think it. you, you need to also do it on days that the team train just to make sure yes. they're getting the optimum out of their training yeah. sessions basically just so go every up every morning and have a bloody Mary which pub which, yeah, which pub was it <laughs> didn't, just, didn't say I'd be interested to know which of the many pubs are in SE25 mix a good bloody Mary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if there's, I, he, I hesitate to say there might be something even slightly wrong with the Porsons arms but I'm guessing they're Bloody Mary one. No, but of course you should keep having it. Just basically keep whatever happens. Have three or four. <laughs> I think his version of Bloody Mary is probably um, a vodka tonic and a packet of prawn cocktail crisps. Mixed in. Yeah. Right, final oh, question. Oh, yeah, we just put the crisps yeah. in and then yeah. drink through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Final yeah. question then is from Tom Fogden. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom, Hi, Tom. Fogden. He says, when you think about it, isn't it actually quite remarkable that we lost five on the spin and only dropped to 12? It is remarkable. Yes. Yeah, it, do you know it's not unlike the playoff season when we lost or we didn't win for a, quite a long time and still mm. everybody else around us so yes it is it's a corollary of the fact that yeah it is which just shows um, what a weird season it is all yeah. over the Premier League and that we're still above that Chelsea are unbeaten we're still above Chelsea Chelsea are unbeaten 11 games and we're still, still above them yeah, yeah. There so you go. It's, well, it's a corollary of the fact as well that we it's again it's a cliche but it's a league and we picked up a lot of points so yeah, but is, not spent. yeah, but yes, it is remarkable. It is pretty remarkable. Yeah, good. It, it just good. highlights how well we do at the beginning of the season. Yeah, exactly. And, and, with, exactly. and the fact that we're thank goodness we did. We're three points. <laughs> and maybe it's not quite as bad as you know. It's not that bad. It's not. If only I had an off-juice phrase that would be appropriate for such a time. You're yeah. not allowed to use. Albeit, you're not allowed to use. Albeit, it. No, yeah, albeit, you are. So it's still three points beyond Liverpool and above Chelsea. So you know. Yeah. So there you go. Not too bad. Good. Okay. Thank you for your questions, listeners. Um, well, not the first one. No, if no that was that went on too long. Yeah. 
That was I enjoyed it. No, I thought it was a nice question. <laughs> I was, oh, it was a question. Question, question, question was great. You wait until you get the invoice. Yeah, it was just the crowbar and the fact that JD said, if I ask that first question, can you mention financial fair play? Even though I said it's not really got anything to do with it. But well, we covered it, some interesting, interesting points. No, and, no, they were um, they were things that needed to be talked about exactly. because these are things that came out of the blue exactly and did sort of rock our image of a financial exactly. improvement club and apologies to those listeners I couldn't read questions out but we appreciate you sending them in so please keep doing that in part three we're going to go back in time as we do in part three uh, for in this week so wake up listeners if you fell asleep at the start of this part yeah, <laughs> yeah. some yeah, fun stuff really exciting <laughs> we'll see you in a bit Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod one sixty eight, sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. And I love that. And uh, vector printing for your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. And that's vector with a K. Correct. Right. Can we point out before we start that we've had a large number of tweets in uh, during the break? (laughs) Uh, There is no implication of anything other than financial fair play between both our sponsors and and us. Absolutely. Everything is above board. The books have been checked. Mm -hmm. The £25 a week. Is with, well within the legal cap. Yeah, and our in-house lawyer is very happy with with everything. He's not happy. I just like to thank, thank uh, Vector for all uh, my children's clothes for the last six months. Yeah, good. Right. Want to get him bullied at school, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, it's not Endicott with a K. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're going to go back in time. Um, oh, we're see. <laughs> First, we're going to go back in time to uh, Sunday, the twelfth of February, uh, nineteen eighty-four. Why did you look at your? Because I was just checking that we're in the right week. Because what in nineteen eighty-four? No, because I only gave the wrong ones to Rob a few weeks ago onto the Metro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually got the right week. So, what, a, what an odd year that was! I, yeah, just, I was the yeah. year I was born. Well, well, about figures, doesn't it? Um, who right. did pa- Who did Palace sign? For the Irish Ishmael every week. This is a good one. This is a good one. Oh, okay. Seven and a half grand. From Alan Mullery made this signing seven and a half grand from non-league Aylesbury. Henry uh, Hewton. Oh, um, oh, Phil Barber. Correct. Ooh, yeah. Do you know what his nickname, his nickname was according to this book? Phil. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Mister One Hundred and Ten Percent. Yeah, it wasn't really his nickname. It was oh, okay. Not a, it was no. like very bad stats, Pete. Phil, Phil Barber, an, an underrated player, or could, never really got any sort of. No, he was. He was. Um, no, no, he wasn't underrated because everyone knew where he came from. He, he just happened to be Aylesbury. Yeah, that's what I mean. And at the time, that was a that was quite ambitious buy for it us. Was, yeah. He <laughs> was our wings. He was. He never. Hence his nickname. But he never. He stood out because he never gave anything less than his best in a, what was a pretty ropey couple of years for. Mm-hmm. Played for in the Palace. cup final as well. He did. So did, he, did he play in the cup final? Started, group, started yeah. a cup final. Played in the cup he, final. He, he got taken yeah. off for Ian Wright at Did he not did score, he score in the semi-final? No. No, he didn't. No, I think he didn't. No, I didn't. So when did... <laughs> when <laughs> don't think he did. did. There you go. With him and Roger. See you later, I'm off anyway. Trav? With him and Simon <laughs> Roger. Travis, come back. <laughs> so. With him and Simon Roger have played in the same team. Jolly. 
Uh, I don't know. Don't think yeah, so. Yeah, Maybe. Was a bit later. We paid seven and a half thousand pounds. That's not not a bad bit of business, is it? Well, so, yeah. Molly would, have, Molly would have trousered two and a half thousand. Can we really like rename this section, Kevin and James? Drop a membership. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's from yeah. Somebody was suckling at his mother's teat at the time, and we was us. We were old enough to have been there. So yeah. You, JD, before you <laughs> <laughs> not suggesting Andy was suckling at your mother's. Oh, oh anyway. thankfully, my dad doesn't. Doesn't listen to this podcast. That's we fine. do have to remember. No, it's too bit. No, we do have to remember things. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to remember things. because not everybody was born. Uh, okay. I'm joking. No, it is good, good to remember things. Was born after 1984, so no. we are uh, we're and recording. Also, we, you know, we got a lot of listeners that like sort of nostalgia. Yeah, you know, if you want to go back to the accountancy bit earlier well, on, no that's one fine. wants to go back to that. Okay, can I? Can I'm gonna? Can I bring the mood down a little bit for the next yes. next memory? It's a, it's a it's a sad one, but it's oh. a point. It's an important one in Paddy's history because oh. 12th of February 2002. Was the funeral of which former Palace manager? Malcolm Allison. No. Oh, no, it's after that. 2002. Burt Head. Head's funeral, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And of course, Burt Head was the manager that took Palace into the, the top division in 1969. I say, it was 14 yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a real worry. Yeah, he was a proper 60s man. He looked. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume he wasn't, he was probably only in his 50s, but like everybody there, he looked. So, but he, he looks. Yeah. He was. He used to insist we weren't a London club. He used to always describe us as. We said, <laughs> the limit of our ambition, we could be the biggest club between London and the South Coast, <laughs> so, even bigger than Crawley. Yeah. Right, but oh, but no, he was. I mean, they were. You bear in mind where Palace were for most of our, from between nineteen oh five and nineteen sixty nine. Most of our football was in the third and fourth division. So. Mm-hmm. That was a huge deal to get us in the first division, and then keep us there. Was mainly a Scottish team. Yeah, I was about to say he loves loves Scottish he, players. He, he thought there were bargains to be had in in Scotland. So and mainly John Jackson, who probably mm. single handedly mm-hmm. kept us up there for a while. Well, R.I.P. Well, but yeah, what, what a legend yeah, he was. Do you know, and in the four years we were in Division One, we, how many London derbies did we win? None. One, no, one. Oh. And it was the very last one, the year we were relegated. It's, we beat Chelsea last game of the season, Jim Cannon scored. Right, on high. Yeah. What's, our, what's our derby record like at the moment, in the current stint? I don't think don't it's... Know. We haven't won many, have we? Well, unfortunately, most of the London tonight. clubs tend to be Arsenal, Chelsea and Tottenham. Well, we don't beat Arsenal we'll keep you, yeah, we, we're To be right, fair, we beat Tottenham last season. We beat West, West Ham, Ham beat last season. Chelsea this season. Yeah. Oh, QPR, done, right? QPR last season. We lose some. It's only yeah, Arsenal we can't it's not, really it's not, beat. It's not, a voodoo, it's not a voodoo hoodoo like it used to be. So, Okay, uh, Saturday the 14th of February 1976. Ooh. Cup Palace, run. Cup run. Palace. Scarborough. Oh, no, Leeds. No, it was after that. Chelsea. Correct, Chelsea. But what did Palace... Is that early in the season? What did Palace do? So Palace went to Stamford Bridge. 54,000 people there. Terrified me is what they did. But what did... Obviously Palace won 3-2. What did did they do that day? What did they do different that day to to any other... free kick. No. Something about uh, their get-up. They wore a sash. The kit. They wore... It wasn't the first time. The new white shorts. The new white... Kit with the red and blue diagonal. Is that the first time they wore it? According to this, according to this book, wow. Palace donned wow. the new kit, all white and a red and blue diagonal sash, Whoa. for a visit to Stamford Bridge. I can remember. Wow, I, what I, a kit it was. That's a stat. I yeah. can't remember. I, the only guy I can, I can remember Peter. I, was, I remember Peter Taylor's free kick. Yeah, but more for the fact that it just led to mayhem in the away end where he scored because the, the, my mate's dad who took us was sensible enough to take us in the Stretford end because he figured that 
it wouldn't occur to them that there'd be Palace fans <laughs> amongst them. And he was he was right, luckily. But so we got a lovely view of it's awful. It's like it's like a war film. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But that's what people forget about Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge was one of the tough, awful going. It was, and then suddenly that that stand appeared in 1972 or whatever it was. For the express purpose of wrecking a Welsh shit in it. Apparently. But it was a dreadful place to go. It was a great result, though, wasn't it? Oh, no, it was a great cup, result. cup run. And not only that, but it was fully, it was fully deserved as well. So. Yeah. Good and stuff. it didn't help that Malcolm Allison walked around the pitch in his sheepskin coat and fedora <laughs> making signs at the Chelsea fans. <laughs> he had a point, though. Yeah, he did, but it wasn't, him, get, it wasn't, him, it wasn't him getting chased down the Fulham Palace Road, was it? No. Um, OK, I'm going to do one more one more memory. A bit more, bit more recent, 2003... Um, well, Sun- I don't remember me and James don't remember <laughs> those ones we, we, remember long, we remember the long time ago ones Sunday the 16th of February 2003 I just fancy one between 2007 and 2015 your policy on women is neither here nor there as I've, said, <laughs> as I've said before Mr Neil McSteen please do an updated version of the book it's or very check good. the website or go on the internet yeah, or check your King's yeah, book do or do some, some basic research while you're in the gym yeah. Well, yeah, you're I doing work don't like doing anything else yeah. otherwise well, next time, clearly next time you've got a leg day or whatever it is you've got that's every day <laughs> uh, okay so uh, Palace played Leeds United in the FA Cup can you remember what oh, happened yeah the goal it was Dermot Gallagher it was about a yard and a half across the line and Dermot who, Gallagher who scored it or didn't Tommy score Black. it Tommy Black yeah. and who was managing Leeds that day Terry Venables Tommy Black and Julian Gray. Yeah. And that's wow. why I'm against goal line technology and the use of any technology because we're still now moaning about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still now. And we wouldn't have had that satisfaction if it wasn't. It was a VR. And, and it was so far. Think about yeah. how much extra time we'd have to talk about financial regulation and the yeah. like. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, where did he park his gold wheelbarrow that day when he came back? Um, <laughs> you've not, you've not was, identified who that was. It I could be anyone. Having, yeah, and uh, having a gold wheelbarrow doesn't necessarily imply that they've done nothing but buy it fair and square. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we actually played them off the. We played really well that day. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. I think Harry Kiel scored a yeah. winner. Possibly. Tommy Black. I've forgotten Tommy, Tommy Black. 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 Yeah. He's now a cabbie. Is he? He's now a cabbie. A black cabbie. Got him from Arsenal, didn't he? He's not driving for Uber. He is indeed a Tommy Black cabbie. He's, yeah. He had a really good reputation when we got him. He was a really good Well, when he signed, he was really good for us. And then he sort of went off the ball. Well, Julian Gray and him, we got at the same time, didn't we? Yeah. And they both had sort of patches, didn't they, of being brilliant? Never liked David Gallagher since. Cool, quite Mind you, I do remind him of that every time I see him, but here you go. Good, well done, as you should do. Um, Okay, that's it. He just looks snidey, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. Um, That's it for going back in time. At least he hasn't got a gold wheelbarrow. Well, that we know of. We're going to come... Somebody else's money. Right, we're going to come back into the future for part... Not the future, the present. Back into the future, what? No, we're not, we're going to go... That's our, that's no, that's it future. for our trip to the past. We're right. now going to come back into the present. Into present. Oh right. For uh, now, the future. Since last time you said it, it was the present, but that was a minute ago. So can we start fading them out like the Oscars <laughs> with music? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to do that in the edit. That's okay. a bit rich coming from the 15 minute news night here, right? and we were earlier on. <laughs> I'm going to get really. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> editing this, so I'm going to do really dramatic Jeez. music underneath. Might be Robert like Pestano, FFP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, in part four, we're going to look forward to Palace's next game, which is at home to Watford. So, Jonathan. Okay. 
Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Hey! Final part of this week's pod is Pod 168, sponsored by Vector Printing for all your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and there's Vector with her. Okay. Check out tshirtmonster.com slash FYP for our brand new exclusive FYP and Vector with a K t-shirts. Um, and JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. And those of you who are very good hearing could have heard a, a t-shirt being shaken oh, in the air by the moment. Rustling a t-shirt here. There you go. Yeah, by the t-shirt monster himself. You find it's made from paper. <laughs> the t-shirt monster. Uh, <laughs> right. Part four is where we look forward from... Oh, God. Right, we're going to... Come on, come on. We can do this. We're nearly there, boys. Nearly there. Um, uh, Watford at home. Watford at home on Saturday. Given... The uh, the doggedness and uh, of the Swansea draw and uh, the better performance, um, and given Watford's yeah slightly dodgy form recently, mm-hmm. um, are we confident this Saturday? Home form worries me still, so I'm at the stage where not really approaching any. I I would take a draw another draw now to be honest, and I think uh, yeah well I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic more, rather than confident. Uh, yes, that's mm-hmm. a very good way of putting mm-hmm. it. Yes. I mean, it'll be uh, interesting to see what he does selection-wise because I think he he clearly really fancy rates Wickham. Yeah, it's so I think that's that by your showed he can offer us. Something I think on. he'll start. Adi I think he will definitely start. I think it's more a question of who starts, yeah, with, starts with, with him, and I think it'll be. I think you'll see two teams playing a similar way on 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 Saturday, mm-hmm. and I I suspect they will. You know, they'll go into it their confidence probably as low as ours was previously. So, but you you just as I say the home form. We just seem to get caught between two stalls at home. We just don't know whether to really press on. Do you think the Bournemouth result as well will perhaps just make some fans be a little bit not not overconfident or arrogant or anything, but just you know, not just the Bournemouth result, the home formal season. Bournemouth result was, was yeah. a bit of a killer, though, wasn't it? it was, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. This it has been a. I mean, we've mentioned it before. It has been a weird atmosphere at Sellers Park mm. the last few weeks, months, maybe well, weeks especially. Um, not, I think the weird it actually even starts before this terrible run as well yeah. I think there's a bit of complacency around the yeah. place yeah. and that complacency has now <laughs> gone into a little bit of sort of a little bit of anguish a little bit of worry and very frustration it's that it's a very typical unfortunately it's what it's, it's, it's what happens these days isn't it people get wound up if you don't win a few games yeah. I think the I think you know if, if anything we should do is just get behind the team I mean I know it sounds very boring and old fashioned but get behind the lads and also I think just the interesting about Wickham and Adebayo is that I think Wickham will probably learn a lot from Adebayo in terms of controlled aggression because Adebayo was a very physical player but he never had a reputation for you know getting into fights or Elbowing people at, at corners, and now I'm sure somebody will point out. I'm sure he has done on yeah. occasions, but he he's a more mature player than Wickham is, obviously. And I think Wickham can learn from him. But I, I think I think that there will be a lift. I think the atmosphere there will be a sense of relief. I think there will be again. I just think the first goal is really important, mm-hmm. and I just think we will play more of a straightforward four four two. I think we probably that might be the secret now from now to the end of the season, and circumstances have forced that on us. Um, and in a way, maybe Pardew that will help Pardew because he he can he, you know, he will take the credit for it, obviously. But he's, he has his hand has been forced with the inj- with injury. So I think, I think pretty much he will start. He'll be it will be Jedinak and and Kabai starting yeah, at the yeah. base of the, uh, the the base again. See? I think as well when we're going through that run and 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 each game that came, we'd lose another one. It, it is 
you sort of get on that edge a little bit, don't you, where you're, you're expecting things to sort of go badly, if that makes sense, or you're sort of waiting for the first thing to go wrong. Whereas I think now we've got that point, yeah. we can sort of relax a little bit and maybe just sort of enjoy the day a bit more. Does that make, that make sense? I think so. And also yeah. I think you'll be saying to them, look, if we, get, if we get three points from Watford, we've got Norwich and West Brom to come. The cup game's a bonus. Anything can happen in that. But in terms of the league, we've got Norwich and West Brom to come, which is a, a game that you think... You'd like to think by, the end, of, by the end of these next three games, we could be at the magical 40 points. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Well, Watford yeah. have only won one in eight themselves. Yeah, you know, they're, 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 they're not on the school. most outstanding yeah. run. They're struggling to score. Um, yeah. they've, they, they were given a huge amount of credit, basically on the back of Igalo's yeah. immense run of form, rather than them being an outstanding team. Although they've they've definitely adapted well, and their yeah, position yeah. shows they've adapted well to the Premier League already. Certainly beatable. Um, not got the best record away from home I mean they beat Sunderland back in December yeah. and won a couple of away games much earlier in the season but they're not I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them a team to be scared of by any stretch yeah, of the imagination no. and if we sort of try to set out in a similar sort of way to them and, and don't play too much on the front foot and play into their hands in that way because yeah. they're quite direct and they're similar to Leicester as we've sort of spoken about before more more than capable of getting the result and I, I agree with JD to a certain extent there was an air of ine- inevitability about some of the previous losses it almost felt like the players and the fans were yeah. expecting certain things to go wrong so that even when your keeper with his cinder block feet yeah, was yeah, managing yeah. to kick the ball into his own net yeah. it almost felt like you wouldn't let it lie would you wouldn't let it lie I've got to bring it up and even when you know something like Dan's mistake against um Sunderland came up yeah. like fans were yeah. first sort of almost expecting that sort of thing to happen so hopefully now the sort of renewed optimism about the place will yeah. mean that, 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 that resilience that was there in the second half against Swansea will now be back with some vigour having said that you know, if, you're a, if you're a Watford fan you know your team haven't scored you'd probably choose Palace mm, yeah. to go and play yeah. but, yeah. but the other, I, I really what I'm hoping is that they, they boo Eddie Boyle because he turned to, really down, get, yeah. to to come to us and and their manager said some not unsavoury things about him, but quite unkind things about him, saying we didn't want him. He's not the sort of player. If he'd come to us, he would have known where Watford was. He wouldn't have had to Google Watford. So he made some. Has he well, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. He made some. So he made some comments that I think he probably should have looked at the fixture list and yeah, thought. We should know what the quote was. The quote wasn't Adam. No, no, no. no. Was yeah, yeah. He didn't know much about the history. history that's yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know much about the history of Napoli. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you, 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 you kind of <laughs> think, Diego Maradona, <laughs> mate. Oh, bad choice. But <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. you'd, you'd think though you'd, you'd, the manager would look at the fixture list and go, "I might keep my, keep those thoughts to myself until we play yeah. them in yeah. two weeks' time." But again, you'd you'd imagine Pardew will be reminding Adebayo of that and. Yeah, hopefully, if it had been the other way around, Eddie Bayer would score two or three goals against us to shut us up. And yeah. once, just once, it's got to work our way, surely. Yeah, surely. Just once, the newspapers got to say, well, it was, it was, he was bound to score. But you know, it adds a little bit of spice, and I really do hope Watford fans boo him from the start. I think was, as well, you know, well. I hope as well. We just build on uh, what we saw on Saturday. I, I, yeah. well, I, I think I think we've still got a mentality at Palace. We're at our best when we've got something to be in opposition to, you know. When we, either when we need desperately need the points, or we've got a grudge or this something we're unhappy about. And because I, I think I think Pardew before the Leicester game, because Pardew was clearly genuinely upset by Ranieri not shaking his hand mm-hmm. after the Leicester game. I imagine Pardew's the sort of manager will make a lot of that as well because he will try. We're the sort of team that needs geeing up, and we're the sort of team that needs a bit of adversity to, to sort of flourish. And that it's like the, the, the complacency James talked about. I think that's 
crept into the team a little bit. There was yeah. a really good tweet from Delaney, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. The Delaney's tweet saying, we're, you know, it's tough. I can't remember what he exactly said, but it was alluding to the fact it's tough, it's hard, it's not going exactly how it should be, but we're all in this together type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you just, and I think there's, I do get the sense there's a real team spirit yeah. there. And I've, that maybe have been wavering, maybe from the fans' point of view, or maybe the players been wavering a little bit. But I just think after getting that one point, I think it's just given everybody a lift. I think, but the players more importantly, yeah. I really feel as though they feel as though they've, they've turned a corner. Yeah, I think and, you know, and I think that's really important. It's what we said earlier. I think that reasserted itself. Yeah. Whatever to bring the pod forward, so whatever was happened at half time, yes. that seemed to reassert itself yes, in the second half, yeah. and that's obviously something that needed to happen. Seemed to have happened, and that's and that's one of the things that. Palace are famous at yeah. over the years is that is that togetherness I guess yeah. you know as as a club yeah. and I think and that has to start yeah. by the eleven guys on the pitch yeah. and then that just goes through the rest of the rest of the club through yeah, yeah. the through the and the fans and everybody and yeah. the people listening to you on the radio and everywhere you are you know I think that's and I do feel as though we've got that and I do you know I think that's really important you'll finish on that note I think that is a perfect <laughs> place to finish James uh, well thank done, you very James. much for that because I knew I knew you were trying to give him a note on which to finish <laughs> spot on uh, chaps thanks for joining me and listeners thank you for listening you'll hear from us can you, okay. oh, just, oh the just, just before we finish can you just explain that um, financial fair play thing again to me oh god <laughs> <laughs> no uh, we, no uh, thank you for listening listeners and uh, you'll hear from us next week after the Watford game so Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.